funny, but he also loves God, and I know he's really going to um, just equip us this morning with some truths that are going to help us walk into the future, I guess, with greater clarity and greater faith. So let's give him a big hand as he comes. Nice shoes. You went shoe shopping yesterday. Yeah, that was a few years ago. About 10 years ago, I think, so. I, I've been coming to this church for about, that was actually the year Zeke was born, so I've, yeah, 2009, so. Is Zeke here today? Uh, okay, he's, t- he's pretty tall now. He's going to be taller than everyone soon. Um, how are you guys? Yeah, really excited, just going to bring a few, um, just a few Bible verses this morning and just kind of, I just f- discovered some things this week as I was, pre- I was, I was preparing and um, as I was reading the Bible, really, and um, yeah, just discovered some cool things that I'm really keen to share this morning, so it's going to be fun. I've got new preaching shoes on, Andy Bell pointed them out. Very nice, do you like them? Yeah, yep. <coughs> Spend all my pay on shoes, it's not good. I think Lisa Gowan does the same thing, doesn't she? <laughs> well, she used to. She's, she's broken free of the habit. Okay. <laughs> True. They need, like, kids' shoes that stretch as the kid gets older, so you don't have to keep buying new shoes. There's an idea for someone. <laughs> um... Where's Sarah gone? She ran out. (laughs) I'd be scared too. Um, (laughs) Sweet. So she's not counting my time, so I can just stand up here, tell some jokes, and she won't even know. Just everyone tell Sarah and Josh that it was really good. And uh, I can... Oh, no, she's coming back in. I was just talking about how I could have... I could just stand up here and say whatever I want because you guys are gone. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so... um, no, I, do, I really just wanted to just quickly start by honouring Josh and Sarah, you know, like, um, I think they're four years into the journey of pastoring our church, is it? About four years in, and they've done an amazing job, and, and you know, they're still standing today, and, um, you know, that's an amazing thing. Like, I think the dropout rate of pastors is huge, and, you know, um, you, can do, you can do things for a short amount of time, and that's easy, but who knows that the longer you do something, the harder it becomes. And so I just encourage you just to honor Josh and Sarah, you know, just leading anything, whether it's a small, small business, whether, whether you're the, I don't know, whether you're the person driving a car, you know, you've got to stay focused. You've got, it's, leading anything takes a lot of mental energy, takes a lot of um, energy, and especially leading something like a church where, you know, people can put unrealistic expectations on the leaders thinking, you know, that they um, are everything. And so it's really, I know it. I, I don't know personally, but actually I've led the worship team before for about a year, and that was awesome. And <laughs> um, I'm still alive, but, um, you know, there's a lot of pressure just with people's opinions and, you know, even just people's lives. And so I know there can be a lot of pressure coming with that. So I just encourage you just to, just to honor Josh and Sarah and to, um, yeah, just to love them, just to um, encourage them where you can, you know, just to... Um, when, when you're talking about, I didn't, I didn't prepare this, by the way, this is just off cuff, but just, you know, when you're talking about, when you're talking about even our church in, in, just watch what you say, you know, because people are listening and, you know, I, 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 me- I mentioned actually last week that the, the world will actually know the church by their love and their love for each other. And so if we're, if we're out in the community talking 
imagine, like, what, what kind of witness is that if we're just talking badly about our church that we go to? People go, I don't want anything to do with that. My, my family life's messed up enough. I don't need to go to a church that's going to do the same thing to me. And so, I don't know, I just encourage you just, just to speak positively about our church. Speak positively about our leaders. You know, um, speak positively about your friends. I think it's, it's, it's um, something that um, we don't do enough in, in our life. And, you know, there's, there's many, it's easier to talk about bad things. You know, everyone's, even, even everyone's got bad stuff and it's easy just to, you know, negatively bag this, bag that, and bag that, and, you know, somehow you feel good about yourself, but it actually just brings you down and to, um, because if you're in the mud, you know, and you're pulling people into the mud, you're in the mud, so. Anyways, let's be, let's be builders with our words. That was not in my notes, <laughs> so that doesn't count for my 15 minutes that I get this morning. <laughs> But I also just um, believe that prophetically that, um, that what's, what's ahead is better than what's behind. And I know, I know that Josh and Sarah have been through a lot and this church has been through a lot. Um, but I just, I just speak out that what's ahead is greater than what's behind. And the, rev- the revivals, honestly, I was part of a mini revival in my high school. Basically everyone from my whole high school just and community started coming to church and, you know, everyone got saved and... Um, I just believe that God's not done. And, you know, it's not like, oh, that was good. Now I can live my life. It's like, no, God's got more to do. And, you know, he'll remind you of the past to um, speak into our future. And so what's ahead is greater than what's behind. And um, because we're still here and God still wants to move. So, Lord, I just, yeah, just come for you now, Lord. And, um, yeah, just... Just, um, just pray that you would just help me, just um, encourage everyone here, God, and even those listening maybe online later, God, I just pray that you would just speak through me, Lord, that um, it wouldn't just be my ideas and ideals and opinions, God, that would come through, Lord, but we pray, God, that by your spirit you would encourage people, Lord, that you would encourage them, Lord, that they are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, that um, whatever they've been through doesn't define who they are, but what, who you say they are defines who, who they are, God, and and what you've got for their future, God, is greater than they could um, think or comprehend and not even conjure up themselves. And yeah, we just thank you, God, that we can be here this morning. And we thank you, Lord, for your amazing word. And we just pray, yeah, that we'll just be encouraged this morning by your spirit. And yeah, we just love you, Lord, and um, pray that summer comes soon. Amen. <laughs> it's good to have a, summer, a semi-summer day. In a, it's like really warm outside and I love it because I can't stand winter. I'm like dying. <laughs> Is anybody else think that? Winter is crazy. Like I love it for a second and then I'm, just, I'm like, okay, let me get out of here. Like, it's like, why is the air conditioner on every day, all day? <laughs> God, you're killing us. <laughs> okay. So I didn't get... This I was supposed to give to the AV people so they have it on their screens. So if you have your Bible, just pull it out. If you have a physical one or if you have a digital one. Because I'm going to read a fair bit of scripture. And so just looking at me doing like this might be a bit boring. Or the other alternative is to pull out your phone and get your notes ready. Because um, there's just going to be some things, hopefully, that I say that you can write down and remember later. And so just look busy. You know, don't, <laughs> don't stare at me blankly. <laughs> Or just think, just sit there like that. Yeah, I'm taking it in. Or say amen. Just do something. Amen. amen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <coughs> Is this really loud? Yes. 
Do you reckon I could just pull it down so I can shout? I got short man syndrome, so I like to shout so people listen to me. I know, but I grew up really small. So I've got this, I've always like, people are always bigger and better than me in high school. So I've got like, wait for me guys, because I was the youngest of my three siblings. And so I was always trying to catch up to them. And so it's come into my older life and here I am shouting at people. Okay. <laughs> okay. 15 minutes starts now. Okay. The l- <laughs> okay. And before I get, before I get into this, um, Okay, just really quickly, before I get into this, because I'm just going to start reading and you're going to be like, what? So basically, there's a group of people called the Israelites, right? And who knows, we just sung a song about um, how God split the seas so we could walk right through it. Basically, the Israelites were under slavery, under Pharaoh, and um, my belief, this is not in the Bible, but my belief is that they were building the pyramids. And um, (laughs) so Pharaoh was whipping them, you know, under slavery, and they were building the pyramids. Who knows? And... (laughs) It's true, okay. Uh, <laughs> Beck said it's true. And, <laughs> yeah, and um, so they were under slavery. I'm trying to just really quickly recap. And basically, um, Moses, God rises up Moses to go um, set these slaves free, basically. And um, he sends some plagues, and Pharaoh gets fed up and goes, all right, you get out of here. And um, I think there was about three million of them. It was a lot of people. And anyways, so that's a crazy thought in itself. Basically, Pharaoh goes, okay, get out of here, sends them away. The Israelites, which are, which are a representation today of God's people, and they were God's people back then. And um, so, basically, he gets them out, goes through the Red Sea. Uh, God opens up the Red Sea. It's like a low tide, the whole, you know, and big, they say like walls of water on each side, and they walk straight through, and God delivered them. And then um, he was sending them towards the promised land, which is going to be their first home. I think up until this point, they've just been nomads. They've been here, there, everywhere. But God's never given them a place that they can call their own and a place that they can live um, and be secure and flourish and whatever. And um, so God takes them out of Egypt uh, through some wildernesses, whatever, and then they get to the edge of the promised land. And so the title of my message, so you can write this down on your phone, is The Power of Your Report. Okay? And this is, this is amazing because they're about to enter into God's promises. They're about to enter into something that God's promised for generations, okay? So even before they, these guys were probably even born, God was promising, um, promising this land that they were going to inherit, okay? And so they're just on the cusp of this and something happens, okay? So, the Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. So, this is um, Numbers 13. So, Numbers 13. Okay? Um, So, send some spies out uh, to check out the land. So, when Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, go up through the Negev and onto the hill country. See what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they unwalled or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there trees in it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit in the land. It was the season for the first ripe grapes. So Moses says, okay, send, send I think, how many people? One, two, three, four. I think at least 12 of them. 
or more. And um, so he sends out a group of people to go check out the land. And this was to encourage them to, hey, this is going to be amazing. So I think Moses is like, oh, this is going to be so good. They're going to come back and they're going to tell us, this, this land is amazing. You can't, can't wait to go there. <laughs> and um, so they went off and for 40 days they explored the land and they carried between them, uh, between a pole, a, two, a big like thing of grapes, one big cluster of grapes. So it must have been pretty big because they were carrying that, all right? So they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community um, at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. They were reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They're like, let's check out these grapes. Um, They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. So Moses is like, okay, looking good, looking good. (laughs) Here is its fruit. Oh, that's amazing. But the people who live there are powerful. So, but... So this is where their negativity comes, right? But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified. So you hear about the wars of Jericho later, but the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there, so giants. The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the New Zealanders, just big guys, all right? Just imagine big, scary people. (laughs) Uh, I was going to say something, but don't worry. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack these people. They are stronger than we are, and they spread among the Israelites. So underline this if you've got a Bible, a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours as those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw these people. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. So... They just felt like they were grasshoppers and they were not going to destroy it. And they basically spread this report amongst all the people. And then that night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us into this land to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to, into slavery to Egypt? <laughs> so here, the, so the Lord, so I'll just go back to the start. The Lord said to Moses, "Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites." So there's the promise right there. Is just God saying, "Hey, this is the amazing land. This is going to be the promise land. You're going to get it." And then these guys bring a bad report, and it basically make, it says that it made their heart melt and they were in fear and now they didn't want to do it, okay? The, so, uh, so Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephonah, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. So Joshua and Caleb saw that, man, God is going to give it to the, us. If the Lord is pleased with us, He will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and He will give it to us. And do not be afraid of the people of land, because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid. But the whole assembly talked about stoning them. Then the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of the meeting of all the Israelites. The Lord said to Moses, how long will these people treat with contempt? How long will they refuse to believe in me? And so, that's just an amazing story. And so we can... We can 
easily put that into context of our own lives and all the things that God says about what we're about to step into. And we can look at it through eyes of a bad report and think, man, this is too hard for me. Or we can think of it, God is with me and we're going to get this. Okay, I'm just going to tell you a quick story and I've titled it The Pooh Story. Okay, hey Shane. <laughs> Had to get rid of my chewing gum, it was annoying me. Um, okay, so I was at my mom's house the other day. Okay, and she said so, she's had something serious to say to me. So I was about to leave. I was about to leave and say, Mom. And she goes, Hey, Ryan. And I was like, I could tell she was serious. And I was like, Oh, hey, what's up? And, um, and she's like, Did you go to the toilet before? And, and I said, And I started worrying. I was like, Oh, no, did I not flush? Did I? You know, there's a lot of things you can do in a woman's bathroom that is wrong, okay? There's a lot of procedures and protocol. You know, I can leave beard hair on the floor. I can, wherever I go, I, I make a mess, okay? And <laughs> so I was like, oh, dang it, what have I done? I was like, yeah, why? And, you know, and, and <laughs> she said, um, oh, I noticed there was blood in the toilet after you went. And I was like, what? And I was like, no way. And, um, you know, like, I thought I'd flushed. I know I had flushed, so I'd tick that box. But for some reason, there was blood in the bottom of the, th- of the toilet. And I'd been sick for, like, o- over a week since then and taking, you know, uh, overdosing on Nurofen. And so I'm thinking, oh, what have I done to my stomach? What have I done to myself? And, you know, I, 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 at the thought of blood, I start getting dizzy. So I had to sit down. And I sat there for about 10 to 15 minutes Googling, Googling what does blood in your stool mean? And so... By the end of that 15 minutes, I, I literally thought I was going to die. I'm like, okay, by the end, of, I, I was preparing my goodbye speeches. I was going to s- set up a Facebook Go f- or GoFundMe account. And, you know, because <laughs> the report wasn't good. And, <laughs> you know, yeah, it was, it was going to be the end of my life. I was sure of it because nothing about blood in your stool is a good thing. I couldn't find one thing where it goes, oh, it's all right. And, <laughs> you know, it's... It'll clear up tomorrow. And so, <laughs> but anyways, I went on my way, right? <laughs> and um, anyway, I saw Ebony in the morning, and we we're going to go get coffee. And so I pulled up to her car, opened up the door, and it just, I realized what it was because yes, uh, there was an empty cup from yesterday, and what I'd had basically was a big, um, massive uh, cup of beetroot juice. And... And then I put two and two together because I've had, if you've had beetroot juice before or eaten a lot of beetroot and then look in the toilet afterwards, you'll see that it's quite red. And so, um, but that's just a little story about the power of your report. And so, I, you know, I didn't have an out, and all my worries went, I was like, because I literally thought I was going to die. I was driving into town thinking, oh my gosh, like this is the end, this might be my last drive. I'm going to collapse by the time, because my inside... And I even felt it. I felt, I'm like, I can feel it too. I'm dying, you know. (laughs) But the truth is I didn't have an unhealthy stool. Maybe there was just a bit of an unhealthy outlook or uh, a a quick, because I think it's not just my mom, but it's people in general. We quickly jump to the negative and we quickly think, assume the worst. We hear one slight story of, I don't know, anything. Someone says something bad about you. Yeah, it's true. I know that's, and, and we believe lies about ourselves. We believe negativity about ourselves and we, and we believe bad reports. Someone, you know, you might hear 
bit of a gossip whisper about someone, and straight away you think, yeah, I knew that was true. You know, I've always, I just knew it. I could just tell by the way they drove their cars, you know. Like, and we can, we can really quickly um, just believe a bad report and even conjure up a bad report and sit in, you know, and, and tell your son that he's dying, you know. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> no, nah, she didn't say that, but she cares about me, yeah. And, you know, this isn't about the power of positivity because if it had been blood in my stool and I was going to die, no, no amount of positive thinking is going to change that fact. No amount of me conjuring up, no, it's not blood. It's blood and you're going to die, you know? And so, <laughs> sorry. But what, what I'm saying is that it's not the power of positivity which will change your life. And positive, positive thinking is very important and it is, it is very powerful. And um, you don't have to do much research, just, just um, go into that and even just experiment yourself. Just try for a day, just think positive thoughts. That's a great thing. But the problem here, even in, as we see in here when they're about to, um, about to enter the promised land, all the promises that God has for them, it isn't that they're negative. We can see actually it's not a positivity problem, it's actually a belief in God problem, Okay. And so, it's actually the way they saw God. And this is amazing, okay? Because we just skip. So, they end up in the wilderness for 40 years because they believed a bad report, okay? They believed the peers around them saying bad things more than they believed the promise of God and who God said He was, okay? So, that's, that's an interesting thing. And, you know, the power of a popular opinion can be very powerful. That was alliteration in itself. The power of popular opinion can be very powerful. Um, but we just have to look to God, what, who God is, what, what He says He is, and we will step into all that God has for us, okay? So we go, you know, 40 years later, we go to Deuteronomy. And so Moses is recapping what happened 40 years ago. Okay, you grumbled in your tents and said, the Lord hates us. So here's the important, so it's Deuteronomy 1 verse 27, if you look in your Bible. You grumbled in your tents and said, the Lord hates us. So he brought us out of Egypt to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites and to destroy us. Where can we go? Our brothers have made our hearts melt in fear. They say the people are stronger and taller than we are. The cities are large, the walls up in the sky. We even saw the Anakites there. And so the problem wasn't, like I said, it wasn't that they weren't positive. It was because they believed God hated them. It says, you grumbled in your tents and said, the Lord hates us. And the amazing thing is how we believe on how we believe God to be and how we perceive his hand upon our lives or even his existence and will determine how we live and, and our outlook on life. And you know, and I, I I really I really think that if you think God hates you, you know, that's gonna that's gonna that's gonna cripple your soul. That's gonna make you if if I walk around thinking God hates me then every opportunity that something bad happens, I can easily just go, look, told you God hates us. You know, as soon as God encourages me to face up to something, you know, whether it's just a conversation with someone, I will shrink back in fear because I think God hates me and I won't have the confidence to step into whatever he's called me to. <laughs> and that's, ama- uh, so the Lord hates us. He, he, he brought us here out of Egypt to kill us. Like, that's twisted, but that's so often what we think. And so I challenge you to, view, to think about who you think God is. 
Because if you, if you're, and a symptom of a wrong belief in God or just a corrupt or a, uh, a destructive view of God is that you're living in fear. And it's that you're not confident in who God says you are. And there can be so many symptoms of just a bad belief in God. And, you know, a bad belief in God can come through, you know, these guys have been through a lot. They've been through slavery. They've been through the unimaginable, you know. And they live in a very, they had to build pyramids, you know, according to me and Beck. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they've been through a lot. And sometimes we can go through a lot in life and we can start, we can start putting our experience or our circumstance above God, or even it can be between us and God, because we think, well, if God was good, then why did I go through this? If God was good, then why did my family go through this? And why, why was I brought up like this? Or what, you, can, you can put anything that you go through in front of who God is, because you, we've often been through a lot. And so, you know, Proverbs 15, verse 15. So I'm just going to, tr- I'll try and wrap it up soon. <laughs> but um, oh, there's the one I didn't. There we go. There's just so much in the Bible about this, so I'm not going to be able to bring it all out. Um, all the days of the oppressed are wretched, but the cheerful heart has a continual feast. So, <laughs> right there, it just talks about how what's going on in our soul will determine how our day is because we will see things differently. And if we have a belief in who God says we are, and also who God says He is. That's why worship is so important. That's why coming to church on Sundays is so important because we get to encourage each other that God is a good God. God loves you. God has an amazing plan for your life. And we, can, we just hear that. And just by hearing that, that'll change our outlook on life so that when we come to the edge of our promises or when we come even to negative situations, we're not going to think, well, this happened because God hates me, or this happened because, you know, I sinned last week, or this happened because my dad sinned, or, you know, we can, we can so easily read into th- situations what actually isn't there. And, God, and you know, ever, some people, the popular opinion is, well, everything happens for a reason, you know, like it's all going to be okay one day. <laughs> the, trub- the trouble with everything happens for a reason is that sometimes the reason isn't good. And so if we just live life according to everything happens for a reason and so I can't actually change anything that happens, well then we're going <laughs> to live in defense mode all the time and we're always going to be like a situation happens oh, and keeps taking a step back but sometimes God is causing you to step forward, okay? There's just so much. <laughs> okay, this is, this is Moses' response. Do not be terrified. Do not be afraid of them. Look, like, um, No, sorry, this is... God, do not be afraid, do not be terrified. The Lord your God is who is going before you will fight for you as he did for you in Egypt before your very eyes and in the wilderness. There, this is amazing. No, this is Moses speaking, sorry. Um, There, you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son all the way you went until you reached this place. So, they had just misinterpreted all the stuff God's brought them through and where they brought them to now. And they had a muddy view of God. The Lord hates us. He brought us out of Egypt to kill us, basically. But that Moses said, no, he loves you like a father. 
you know, there you saw how the Lord carried you as a father carries his son all the way you went until you reached his place. So I just encourage you, whatever you're, whatever you're facing, whether you're looking into your bank account and you think, ooh, there's some, there's some giants there, uh, <laughs> or maybe some dead rats and that's about it, or, you, or you're just looking into your relationships, or you're looking into whatever you're looking at, <coughs> um, God, here it says, there you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son all the way to you went until you reached this place. And so all we have to do is just look back on all that God's brought us through. And, you know, I was looking through Facebook last night and it brings up memories of old times. And I was just, you know, even that picture came up at the start. And I just think of all, the, all that God's brought me through all these years. You know, I started coming, the first time I went to church was with Beth and Vit in a church in Batemans Bay. And, um, you know, I had no, no idea who God is, who God was. I just thought, you know, Jed's kind of cool and whatever. But, you know, and I actually got roped into AV the first, the first time I ever went to church. I was on AV doing the slides. I'm like, yeah. And I remember closing one eye so that, you know, because I noticed everyone was closing their eyes. So I closed one eye so that I looked like I was closing my eyes so that I looked like I knew the words. And then I read the words with one other eye. And I'm like, see, I know the words, man. I know the words. First time at church. <laughs> But, you know, you can, all you have to do, if you're, if you're facing anything, just think, what has God brought me through? Has he brought me through anything? Am I still standing here today? That's one of the most powerful testimonies. Just that you're here at church today. You know, there's a lot of reasons why you might not be at church. There's a lot of things you might have been through that, that you can put between you and God and think, oh, you know, I've been, it's been too hard. I'm tapping out. I'm throwing the towel in. I'm out of this fight. You know, there's a lot of reasons. But just the fact that you're here today is testimony in itself that God has brought you through some stuff, you know, and God, and it's not just testimony, wow, God did that, but God's about to do something in your life, okay, so how we see things matters, um, just to bring up Jed Garkett again, I remember he went, we wouldn't like to send him out to go on a surf report, because he, no matter how it, w- how it was, he would say, yeah, it's pumping, you know, it's like, it's going to be so fun, we're going to, it's, you know, he's, he's so positive. And so we would send Jordan, who would come back, or Jesse, we would send Jesse out to go check the surf. And Jesse would come back and give you a more, mm, you know, the wind's a bit onshore. It's only about this big. There's a bit of a, you know, it's a bit rippy and it's, the water's cold. You know, or, but he would give you an honest report. And you'd go, okay, I can see what it's like. But if you send Jed out on his bike and he'd come back, how's the surf? It's pumping, man. It's so good. It's like this big and just so perfect. And if we, I think if we go around the go around the headland, it's going to be better. And so we're like, ah, dang it! Like, is it good or is it not? And so, <laughs> so the answer the answer is not more positivity, but it's to look at the root of why are we negative? You know, why do we look at our week and think everything's going to go wrong? You know, like, oh man, I've I've been through some stuff before and it's just going to get worse. Why do we look at life like that? Why do we, why do we see any um, situation in our lives with negativity, you know, and, and we've just got to look at the root cause, and the root cause is how we see God. <laughs> and so, um, so this is, this is really cool, okay, because I'm just kind of proving my point, you know, about why, how we see God is really important, and it, and it'll change our worldview. Okay, so this is the parable of the talents, the parable of the, um, sorry, wrong scripture. Yeah, the parable, uh, this one titles it, 
the parable of the bags of gold. Okay, so it goes on and basically the, the master, a.k.a. God in this, in this parable, um, gives each person um, an amount of gold um, according to what they can do with it. So he sees, okay, you've got you know, that much potential, so I'm going to give you that. You said you've got that much potential, I'm going to give you that. You give that much potential, I'm going to give you that. And so it, uh, one receives, I don't know, 10, 5, and this last one receives 1. So the man who would receive one bag of gold came. Master, he said, so this is, all the other people had invested what God had given them. They had gone and go, oh, wow, this is amazing. I'm going to go invest it and I'm going to make more for my master. And they, they didn't live in fear. They, didn't, they just went out and just took some steps of faith and just trusted that they were able to do what God had given them. So, I, like, I think that's a telltale thing. If God has given it to you, whether it's your business, whether it's your relationships, whether, whatever, whatever you have in your life, God has entrusted it to you because he trusts you. And sometimes God trusts, I think most of the time, God trusts us more than we trust ourselves. We think, oh man, I can't lose this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it. It's going to, you know, I've, I've, I've had bad, bad situations in the past and it's going to happen again. And sometimes we get so fearful. But God's entrusted it to you, so that means God trusts you, okay? And so, so, the me- so one of them received one bag of gold. <laughs> and then the master came to him and he said, I knew that you were a hard man harvesting what you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. And the master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvested where I had not sown and gathered where you have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on a deposit in the bank and gave him, well, you should have just done something, you know, with what I've given you. But see, the problem wasn't that he wasn't, he didn't do anything. So th- the problem isn't that you don't step out in faith. It's, the, it's what he said straight away. I knew that you were a hard man. And so he, he was scared of his master. And so however we, whatever you put, however you see God is what, how you det- is determines how you're going to live your life. And so if, if we think God's, God's a hard man, he's scary, he's going to get me, he's going to, you know, hit me down, like the people in the Old Testament, God hates us. If we have twisted views of God, we're going to live afraid and we're, we're not going to do anything with what God's given us. And at the bare minimum, you have breath. You know, we might not have a lot of talent. We might not have a lot of, you know, outward abilities. But at the very minimum, you've got breath, you've got words, you've got legs. What can you do with that? God's entrusted it to you. And um, so we can't, li- we can't live in fear, but not just trying not to live in fear, but just change how you see God. So read the Bible. Just think about, okay, what, who is God to me? And so this is another point, okay? When Jesus came to the region of somewhere, <laughs> I'm not going to try and pronounce that. Um, he asked his disciples, who do you say the Son of Man is? Wait, who do people, sorry, this is a popular opinion first. Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, well, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. So Jesus is something. You know, that's the popular opinion. You know, he's something. We don't really know. And then Jesus said, this is the most important question you can ask yourself or allow the Holy Spirit to just ask you. 
What about you? He asked. Who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus replied, Blessed are you, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So, like, uh, Peter, sorry, Simon Peter understood who Jesus was. He understood that he's the Messiah. And again, that's why worship is so important. It's putting God above your problems. It's putting God above who you think you are, what you've done in the past. It's putting God above that and just going, you know, what was that song? Um, The heavens are roaring. You know, it's just the praise. It's just putting Jesus above and just declaring that, Jesus, this is who you are. You know, I, I know what I've done in the past. I know where I've been in the past. But this is who you are. And just by doing that, Guess what happens? Jesus says, well, this is who you are. And so we actually find out identity and God will actually speak back to you. Well, you know, you have an, a correct picture. These alarms going off. Um, a correct picture of who God is. And so this is what I'm entrusting to you and this is how I'm going to um, empower you. And so, you know, the gates of Hades will not um, overcome it. And so... God will empower you as you worship God for who He is. And, um, yeah. So just read about, or, or I guess I kind of leave you at a, a crossroad here because I'm not really telling you who Jesus is. So I encourage you just to go find out who Jesus is and come to church, praise God, put on worship music, you know, just fill your mind with who God is because as you fill your mind with who God is and declare it out, um, you're going to, you're going to, find yourself taking steps of faith that you wouldn't have, and you're going to find yourself um, being an encouragement to other people. You know, you're going to bring a good report like Joshua and Caleb, and you're going to see the good in people. You're going to see the good in situations. You're going to see the good in your church. You're going to see the good in your family. And rather than just, every, you know, bad report, bad report, this is too hard, this is, just look to who God is. Um, and I, enc- I encourage you, so just, can I just love one last verse? Okay. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, you're not a hard master. You're not. I just don't want to, um, I don't know, bore everyone. So, this is, <sighs> so it says in Deuteronomy 1, so again, the Lord hates us. He brought us out of Egypt to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us. Where can we go? Our brothers have made our hearts melt in fear. So, and then, so this is in Joshua when they're actually going to go. Finally, they send Joshua sends out two spies um, into into the land ahead of them. <laughs> and guess what? The report. This is so interesting because here they are fearing what they're going to conquer, what God's going to bring them into. And it says that their hearts melted. They were just too scared, right? Guess what? So before the spies lay down for the light, she went up onto the roof. So this is Rahab. And said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen upon us. So that all who live in this country, guess what it says? Are melting in fear because of you. And so what I find that so interesting is that here we are, 
the people of God, with the promise of God, taking steps back in fear, and our hearts are melting. Our heart, we're going, this is too hard for us. I cannot, I cannot raise a family. I cannot run a business. I can't, I can't even get through the day. And we're, we're just going, taking steps back. But guess what? On the other side of it, the enemy, it says, guess what the enemy was doing? I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you, so that's us, has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. So the enemy is actually going, oh my gosh, Israelite, the Israelites are coming. And it says that the report, the report of the Israelites was spreading through the promised land. And they were scared of the Israelites. And I, I, I just find that so interesting that we get so scared of what's coming, what we're going to step into. We, you know, God might speak amazing things into your future, and you might think, I can never do that. I can't, I can't do anything. You know, I'm just a, for me, I'm just a kid in Bali. What have I, what have I got to offer this world? You know, I, I could just look at all my past mistakes, all my um, inability to do anything. You know, I grew up a very, 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 very shy kid. I hated, I hated crowds. And <coughs> I just coughed into the mic. I was supposed to go. <laughs> but you know, and so there's, there's every reason why I shouldn't do anything. I should just hide in a hole and hide what God's given me and just live in fear. Because, you know, life's hard. You know, and that's the Israelites melting in fear. But you know, everything that you're supposed to conquer, everything that God's speaking into your life, everything that God is calling you into everything that God says you are and everything that resists that is actually stepping back in fear and it's actually scared of you and it's it's going oh my gosh the Israelites are coming oh no Kathy's coming you know and so I just encourage you just just think about that you know they say a spider is more scared of you than I'm, I think that's impossible because I'm so scared of spiders but you know our enemy Anything that's resisting what God wants to do in your life, whether it's your mind, whether it's your, whether it's a person sometimes, do you know, and you know, our battle is not against flesh and blood, so we know that it's not the person, it's the spirit behind the person sometimes, but um, do you know, everything that resists us and everything that resists people, everything that's robbing from people, everything that's robbing from our teenagers, you know, in high school, every, you know, there's just so much that's robbing people, everything is actually scared of them. You know, I think, I think the enemy is scared of the people in high school. And that's why there's such an attack on them. And I think if you're finding yourself become overwhelmed, just remember, no, they're more scared of, that, that's more scared of me than I'm scared of it. And, you know, and God's going to deliver us. And so that's basically all I've got. Yeah. That's all you've got. It was so good, right? Let's stand. I'm going to get the worship team up. Some really, no, nah, that was so good. There was powerful truths in that. And I don't want to add um, anything else because I think it will take away from uh, what Ryan has said. I mean, I'm going to leave my message for next week. But um, I love what Ryan said. As we see God for who he truly is, it actually affects how we see life. It affects how we perceive God being out of work. And um, you know, when we honor God for who he is, it unlocks his power. And Joshua and Caleb saw who God was in all his glory and honor, and they trusted him, and then it made a way for him to actually outwork victory after victory. 
Jesus could do no miracles in his hometown because there was no honor. So I think honor unlocks the power of God. And thank you for honoring Josh and I, Ryan, at the beginning, because honor unlocks power of God within us to minister in a greater way. And sorry, I wasn't here. I just had to quickly run to the toilet. There's a lineup for the toilet these days, isn't there? <laughs> Josh is in Christ with Esther. Um, so may we discover who God is in a greater way. May we be even even able to reevaluate maybe how we see God and so that we can honor Him for who He truly is, that His power might be unlocked in a greater way in our situations. May we honor each other for who we are in God. And you know, we can't see who God is. We can't see who we are in God. We can't see who each other is in God. We're always going to see the faults and we're always going to be doubting the intent of our brother or our sister if our hearts are broken and wounded. And so Maybe this morning as we worship, God wants to remind you of who He is. But first of all, you need to find some healing in your heart. So I'm going to pray that maybe where we've seen God as harsh or maybe where we've even allowed doubt to creep in about each other, maybe it's because there's some issues in our heart that are clouding the way we see. So God, I thank You for who You are in all Your might, in all Your glory, in all Your magnificence. I thank You that You are love. And perhaps where any of us, where our vision has become cloudy and maybe our view of you has become skewed, I just thank you that this morning you would bring a clarity in our vision, in our hearts and where there's wounds that have clouded how we see you, how we see each other, how we see ourselves, that you bring a healing, a deep, deep healing in our hearts. And I thank you that as we see you, God, for who you are and as we honour that. I thank you it's going to unlock your power in us, around us, in our worlds. I thank you for the greatest miracles yet to come as we lift you up for who you are. I thank you for giants falling as we enter into the promise. I thank you, God, that you are well able. May we not be fearful, but may we be strong and courageous and put our trust in who you truly are. Amen. Let's just declare the power and the name of Jesus above our lives. Thank you, team. Thank you, Ryan. Let's give Ryan a hand as well. Death could not hold. 